0: But we turn now to the Word of God and the, the Gospel of John. and If you'd like to follow along in your Bibles, John chapter 13 we're starting today. It's a story that you probably know or a scene you've probably heard of. We talked last week, you know, about the moment and the moment that came. Not every moment's the same in your life, but the moment for all of us. Try to push at you, help you see that, that the moment is Jesus on the cross. That's when everything happened for you and me. It's like, um, I, I thought about this, I have been for many, many years when I was a kid, though we went up to the giant redwoods in Northern California, and they're just these trees. They're like, it's the most amazing thing ever. You could drive your car through a tree, right? You've probably seen pictures. It's massive, this tree that goes up, and it's like you're standing in the shadow of that tree, and it's huge. Changes everything you think, you know. Your whole life impacted by the majestic wonder of that. The difficulty for many of us is that we know, okay, I know Jesus died on the cross for me. I'm not disputing that event. But I don't sometimes feel like I know how it plays out, what my life is like, what I'm supposed to be doing. And and so, honestly, we've heard many people try and take that and sort of twist it, add in a little bit of the world and a little dash of make yourself better, and off you go running on what you think you should be as a Christian. And it's all about not understanding what the Bible's saying. So I'm standing here today trying to tell you from the text that you would see the text, you would understand Jesus, that you would understand this particular event because it's about how your understanding of the cross impacts your life. It's huge. And it's not exactly maybe how you've thought of it. It's, we're talking today about glory, shame, and feet. This is the foot washing that Jesus does of the disciples. You've probably heard of it. And so I told Steve, today's one of our elders, he should come with a bucket and we would do a show and tell up front. And No, we're not doing that. He said no anyway. <laughs> but, 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 what is that? What's going on? What's going on with foot washing? And how might we think about how it might impact and be a part of what you're thinking? And I man, I long for you... I long for you to be free. I long for you to not have shame. And I know that you do. I long for you to receive. And you don't do it well. Because I don't. And and it is all bound up in how we're thinking about our understanding, the depth of what it is that Christ has done for us and who we are. We are loved by the King. So I want you to see that and we're going to go and, and look at the foot washing. So first let's look at the display. And yeah, those are dirty feet because that's what they had then was dirty feet, right? I, don't get mad at me. Those are not 2000-year-old sandals. I'm sorry. Couldn't find any. But 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 dirt, dirt was around, right? They didn't back then in the day we're about to see. It's like people walked around and they didn't take showers all the time. And so and they wore open-toed shoes. And so your feet got dirty. Really dirty. Anyway, our our, our text. Let's take a look. Chapter 13, verse 1. It says this. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Okay, so the scene goes up. This is a new scene. I know it is because now he uses now to kind of start us off. And then as the curtain goes up, now he's really bringing out some guns, right? To to set the stage for us. It's before the feast of the Passover. Oh, so he's bringing up the image, right? Of when they would remember that that amazing moment in Israel's history where where, where they they cut the throat of a lamb, they bled it out, and they put the blood over the doorpost so that the angel of death coming over would spare the firstborn child and, and the blood saved Israel. That's the picture of Jesus, right? So they're starting to celebrate that feast. It's the great feast where they remembered the lamb slain. And Jesus knows, it says, that his death is coming for his people. His great act of love for us. His blood for us. Most important thing ever for you and me is that he loves us. He loves us. I was talking to a, a missionary, he goes around and does camps. Yesterday, he said he's in his speaking and he says a lot of people says, "What's your purpose? What's your purpose?" And people always say, and, well, to love God better, or to worship God, or to to, to love people, or somehow reflecting the law back to him." Says they don't what they don't get is really your purpose. Is this is what he says for him? How he says it: born to be loved. Your purpose. Like, well, I don't know. If that's true. Maybe. Do you understand what Jesus is doing here? He's going to the cross for His own. That's the flavor. He knows He's going out of this world to the Father. What is that? I'm going to go die. Having loved His own who are in the world, He loved them to the end. Now that might mean to the end of eternity, but at the very least it means to the cross, Right? The impact of that love is that we're cleansed, we're washed, we're clothed in His righteousness forever. There's no further mountains to climb, no higher plateaus to attain to, just the depth of the unknowable love of Christ for you. Okay, so then, having set the stage with this amazing love of Christ, looking forward to the cross, during supper, verse 2, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. It's stop there for a minute. I mean, you're hit, right, with these huge, powerful ideas, forces at work. These things are happening, and they're big things. Jesus, the Son of God, knowing that His time is here, is loving His people to the very end, and the devil, the accuser, the antagonist, right? He's against the love of God for people. He, he's in Judas's heart. It's, it's going down now. And in the middle, Jesus... And look what it says, right? Knowing that the Father has given everything into His hands. He's everything. He has everything. It's all up to Him. And He does this. He gets up from supper, this King of Kings, with the suffering of the cross in front of Him, with Judas betraying Him, with all the disciples about to run, they're going to cowardly run away, abandon Jesus. With him alone going to save everyone. No one else. No one else contributing. And no one doing their part. He gets up, it says. And laid aside his outer garments. And taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. So he got into his underclothes. And he tied a towel around himself. And then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. strips down and He's wiping the disciples' feet. Huh? The huge image, it's a massive image, because it's not like we would, I mean, we think always dabbing a little perfume on each person. No, 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 that, uh, be clear, there's no socks in this time, right? Like I would get it, so if I could get my feet, okay, you want to wash my feet, I take my shoes off, I take my socks off, you can have my, you know, bunion feet, whatever. Actually, no, my feet are beautiful. <laughs> no, but it's not that, right? It's not that. It's, it's, it's a culture where you're walking outside in sandals. Your, your, your feet are dusty and dirty and, and you don't take showers. you got toe jam. you got all the stuff in there. It's not nice. He's not, he's not dabbing each foot as he goes around. It's going to take half an hour as he goes at least from person to person of the disciples. And he's going down and he's, and he's dressed down and he's wiping them down with his towel. And it takes some time to get the grime off. And so now he's dirty towel. Will go to the next one, taking another piece, and it's just, he's just—he's getting himself all dirty. While he wipes him down, they're watching this. This is a crummy job, and they know it. You know, it's a job—if if you're familiar at all with it—that's reserved for slaves, not just the household servant types, but the foreigners who get the crummiest of the crummy jobs. Because this one has the lowest status you can have. I was trying to think what it would be like here. I don't know. It's, it's not like because kind of dirty jobs have become cool. Mike Rowe and the thing, you know. But 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 when you get someone and they, they go number two too much in one of our toilets. And it's overflowed and there's pieces of it floating. And they come up to you and say, here. Here's the plunger. Have at it, dude. Like, oh, man, can I put my gloves on? No, there aren't any gloves at this time. nothing like that this is the king of heaven this is the king of kings this is in a society where there's shame and honor where your whole life is about honoring the top because you climb the top you see and over time you get to be the top when you're old enough and then see what happens is you honor the head and then slowly you become the head or anybody under it's all about that about honoring your family and your head and here's Jesus and he's going down and he's doing something shameful here he is, debasing himself. Now I realize this is in the context. John has said, he wants you to see. He's, he's gone super hard at it. He loved his people to the end. He has his eyes on the cross. He, he, he's, he knows. He's giving his whole life for them. He knows their smelliest, dirtiest parts. And he's choosing them, this King of Heaven. The devil can't believe it, surely. I mean, why would God waste his time and set his affection on dirty, immoral, cowardly sinners? On nothing's, and yet here he is, debasing himself. And I see this picture of Jesus, who's unashamedly for you you uh, your dirtiest. In theory, I get this. In theory, I have no trouble. Jesus died on the cross. It's kind of the cross has become kind of clean and nice, but 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 in practice, I object. I think you probably do too. So let's talk about the objections for a moment. The objection. Because that's what the text does, right? Peter says it. Peter says, what does he say? Peter, because he came to finally to Simon Peter, it says he'd obviously done several people, and then he comes to Peter, and Peter says to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Okay, you're going to miss this, unless you're been Greek, it's super strong. Because Peter says, Lord, you you wash my feet? The pronouns are emphasized. You're washing my feet? Like, what craziness is this? That's what he's saying, right? That's his question. It's like, he, he, he knows. He knows Jesus. Jesus is the Savior. He's the Messiah. He's the King of Kings. He's the Son of God. Peter, who has seen the transfiguration, is about to. And then they're right there, and all these things. Wow, this is Jesus. And then you're washing my feet? And Jesus answers him, Jesus says, What I'm doing you do not understand now. But afterwards you will understand. Now that's interesting. You'll understand later. Afterwards, after what? Is don't you think it's after he sees the crucifixion? After he fails and runs and is restored? after he sees Jesus die for him, out of sees the depth of Christ's love for him, that that's the picture. It's not, oh, Jesus is a great servant. It's he loves me more than I can ever know. You've seen the crucifixion, or at least you've read of it. It's touched your life. Do you see that it's about Jesus Christ loving you more than you could ever know? Ever know. It's like the feeling I get when I look at my kids at night. You know, I... I would do anything for them, and it's not because they clean their rooms or study hard at school. I just adore them, and 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 Jesus loves you more than that. Peter doesn't get it. He 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 hasn't seen the cross yet. He he's just looking at Jesus cleaning stinky feet, and he says that's wrong. The Lord, and you're soiling yourself. So Peter says, and it, of course he says. Peter says to him, you. Shall never wash my feet. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus answered him. If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Well, to me, Peter's right. At least, at least as I think about it, right? I don't ever want precious Jesus washing my feet. It's shameful. Get this, get this. Don't just walk by with me. Think about it because I've I've been at foot washings. Maybe you have too. I've been there. I've done both sides. And maybe, again, doing it sometimes not a bad thing. But here's the thing. I had no trouble going and washing someone's feet. It is not hard. Why? Because I'm serving them. I love to serve people. It's fun and interesting, and you get to do something for someone. And It's not that it smells too bad or somehow there's bad. No. You know what's super hard, what I almost couldn't do? Yeah, you know. Letting someone wash my feet. I hated it. It was super uncomfortable. Do you know this is my shameful part, is my... My stinky feet, you know, at the time that they did it, I didn't know they sprung it on us. So there was going to be a foot washing. So I hadn't, you know, washed my feet ahead of time, which is normally you would do with a foot washing. You know, make sure you go in with clean feet. But I went in with dirty feet, and so my feet were already dirty. And I was a little bit like, oh, man, I know my feet stink. I don't want you anywhere near my feet. Can we just say that we did it? And, yeah, we did the, the you served me. That was so beautiful. Thank you. Don't do it. I don't want to receive it. Peter's saying that. Peter's saying to someone who he really respects, who he really looks up to, who he 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 knows loves him, but he doesn't want to receive it. He doesn't want to receive stuff like, "Cause we don't want to be dirty. I don't want people to see my dirt. I don't want people to see my stink. I don't want someone coming in and doing that to me. I'm fine, Jesus. And and and, and so Peter says that of Jesus he says, I don't. And Peter, if you don't let me, you have no part of me. You have no share of me at all. I mean, catch it, right? He he starts to think differently here. I think there's a different word even here because what he's going after is Jesus is about to go really wash Peter with his blood. I get that. That's what the image is, right? The, 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 the tree that's standing there, massive tree, is that Jesus is about to die for Peter. It's not just washing his little feet that he's doing. He's actually going to die for his sins on the cross and his blood shed is the new covenant that will forgive Peter's sins forever. And Peter will be clean. You have no idea, Peter. Jesus is like, if I don't die a totally shameful and painful death as a criminal, if my blood is not just poured out for you, you've got nothing. And 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 to some degree, Peter's like, well, I mean, if that's what you mean, then fine. Give me the give me the full bath. Don't just wash my stinky feet. Give me the whole thing, man. Give me. That's what he says, right? So Peter says back to Jesus, he says, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Give me a shower. You're right. So Jesus says to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That's why he said, not all of you are clean. Okay, so here's, here's a big clue about what's going on, right? Who's clean? The one Jesus cleanses. There's this huge distinction between getting your feet washed and being clean. If you have been bathed, because it's the passive tense there. If you have been bathed, if, and the word is different. If you have been bathed, then you're clean. Well, I know what that is, don't you? You're clean because Jesus Christ died for you on a cross. So you have been cleaned. His blood for you. You are cleaned by Jesus. Completely. The foot washing and then this whole picture of what Jesus is doing isn't cleaning you. It's not about the cleaning. It's not about making sure you clean up. It's something else going on, right? Because the huge event that's happening is Jesus Christ's death for you and me on a cross. And Jesus says, you're being bathed by me. You don't need a bath anymore. You don't need cleansing in that way. Except, and so he makes a distinction, right? He says, well, there are some people who aren't clean. It's people who are pushing off the gift and who will push off the bath, who will push off the blood, who will say, no, 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 this is not right. And that's Judah. Judas, right? Judas Iscariot, that's Judas, and what is Judas saying? "Man, this is not right. He's not honoring rightly. This is all wrong. He, he's going to stand before God and want to throw his works and his way and the right way to do stuff, and they're not doing it right, they're not giving the money right, they're not spending it right. This is all wrong." There are people who push off Jesus who say, "I want to stand before God based on my own works. Based on me, I'm good enough. My good outweighs my bad. Because he knew who was betraying him. That's why he said, "Not all of you are clean. Do you see how far this is from what we might expect it to be? It's not that Jesus is establishing a new service so that you get clean. He's, he is cleansing us all on the cross. We stand in the righteousness of Christ. You cannot be more clean than to be bathed in his love for you. His gift of Himself on the cross. Getting your feet washed isn't about the need to wash. You're already clean in Christ. If you have that, you're clean. You know Jesus is the King of Heaven. You know His actions for you are all you ever need and all you really have. You have to receive it, though. If you won't, if you're too proud, if you say, No, I'm going to make my evaluation about my service of you, Jesus, then you have no part of Jesus If your moral stomach turns and your heart turns from the radical truth of Jesus Christ, who debased himself for you because you really are that needy, I am too. That helpless, I am too. That dirty, I am too. My only hope is God himself will love me so much that he offers himself in in your place and mine. This is what we drink. Here's the thing that this illustration brings out. I don't like it. I don't want Jesus to look at the dirty parts of me. I think of the C.S. Lewis scene. You probably know it. It's Jill. I think it's Jill Pohl is her name or something. And she's one of the kids and she's thirsty. She says, I'm dying of thirst. And then she's there with this big lion called Aslan who represents Jesus and they're looking at a stream. And he's like, there's the stream, go drink. And she says, well, would you go away for a while so I can do my stuff? I don't want, I'm going to get implication and she's going to put her head down in it. She's going to, she's a little ashamed how she's going to drink. And he's like, no, I won't go away. There's no other stream. You drink here or you don't drink. It's amazing, huh? Jesus Christ did this for us. He he has. He's amazing, Uh, but, but Dax, wait a minute. What about me being a really good foot washer? Uh, Following, isn't that what this is about? No. First and foremost, it's about His death for you. Right, receiving it. What that means for how you think about place and advancement and purpose. And that's what we need to talk about a little bit because you say, hey, I'm getting this actual, oh, the depth of what Jesus has done for me. It's amazing. And this massive redwood of the cross and, and, and my shade is on my life. And, but I want to respond. Yeah, exactly. To respond, you need to understand. So let's think about the response for a minute and the understanding of this. Okay. Because verse 12, when the, he had washed their feet, so Jesus did it and he put on his outer garments, and he resumed his place. So this is half hour, 45 minutes. He said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? So they watched Jesus, right? And they suffered him to go to every single disciple with his dirty towel... And wash their feet. They washed watched every stroke. And, and, and there it is. And he finishes. And he gets back up. And he says, do you understand? And I think their answer would be ours. No, not really. <laughs> kind of. I mean, really, Jesus, I kind of just feel awkward. You shouldn't serve me. So he says to them, right? He says, you call me teacher and Lord. And you are right, for so I am. That's interesting. Jesus actually says, yeah, I'm, I'm the Lord. If then, if I then, your Lord and teacher, now he flips the words, now he's emphasizing Lord. I'm the Lord. I, I, I'm the high one. I've washed your feet. You also ought to wash one another's feet okay, stop for a minute. Because I can kind of understand that. You know, if Jesus washed, then we should too. And and this is how you start to twist it around because you start to leave the cross and you start to go towards, oh, Jesus is my example. Right? But the first point to see as Jesus starts to say this, right, is that our actions are a response to him, not a proof to him. There's no cleanliness involved for us. Not so you want to be clean, then clean feet. But you are clean. So understand this. You are already clean, so think about this. And and, and his piece is, I'm the high one. And I'm debasing myself. I'm your Lord. What are you going to do? Because he says this, for I have given you an example that you also should do, just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not above his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Okay, so critical thing, right? He's not talking about setting up a foot-watching ritual for believers. He isn't talking about who can serve the most. The whole piece is about how you think about your status, how you think about it the teacher and the Lord just came and he wasn't put off by your dirt and he wasn't put off by your stink and he wasn't put off by station and he came and you, he made you receive his coming into that and and, and his interacting with that and him touching your dirty feet. This is an example. What's an example of? It's an example of how you're going to treat each other all the time in light of all this amazing thing I'm doing for you. Right? this status piece is a huge deal in their culture it's a huge deal if you think, let me go just for a minute over to, to chapter 10 of Mark because it's in a couple places, one time it's their mom but here it's it, it, these two John, this is the John who wrote the gospel of John and his brother James so James and John, the sons of Zebedee there in Mark chapter 10 came up to Jesus and said, Jesus we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you that's kind of a big ask. <laughs> Jesus said, well, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, well, grant us one to sit at your right hand and one at your left in glory. We want to be lifted up, Jesus. It's about status, you know. We want to be high. So so would you give us that? We're asking you. And Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup I drink? Be baptized with the baptism by which I'm baptized? And they said to him, yeah. We we're able So Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. The baptism that I'm baptized with, you will be baptized. That's fine. But to sit at my right hand or my left is not mine to grant. This is what I want you to see. It is for those whom it's been prepared. So Jesus says to them, it's already kind of set, you guys. There's no advancement in the kingdom like that. It's already hap you you can't have me give you something. You can't have me push some based on what you're gonna do or what you're gonna be. It's already set these things, and you're part of it. You're with me. <laughs> but they're after more, and they're after advancing, you know. And and when the other ten heard it, they're mad. They began to be indignant at James and John, right? That's what it says. And Jesus called them to him and said, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Don't miss it. This is super important. If you can't get this, you'll start to go the wrong way. You'll start to say, Jesus is my example. And the idea is I'll serve as much as I can because that will get me ahead in heaven. And what Jesus says is the mindset is wrong. You can serve all day, and it won't get you further into heaven. But he said, if I want to be great, be a slave. No, that's if you have the mindset of you can. Then you go below, because we got to break that mindset from you. That somehow by you being better, and you climbing ladders, and you doing stuff, you're going to advance in heaven. Stop it. What's great about heaven? Jesus Christ adores you. He died for you. He cleanses you. He forgives you. You're part of this amazing organism called the church. You're part of it. You're in. Why is that so important in light of what we're saying here? It's because you're going to have to receive other people loving you. Knowing you're garbage. Someone says, why am I looking at this? So I'm look over here. I'm going to look at you. Go ahead and laugh and I'll look at you. Why? Because each of us have it. Nobody in this room has like stuff they're not ashamed of. And yet Christians come in and they know, you know what, the most important thing, the tree I'm living in, is that I'm forgiven. So I can come into your life and know you're forgiven. And you can actually let me serve you by knowing your garbage right because it's forgiven. This is not about service in the sense of, can we go help the homeless person? Or can we go help someone advance so that they're not as bad as they used to be? This is not about accomplishing cleanliness. Because you're already clean, Jesus says. This is about receiving and giving in light of the cross. Right? Buying into the mindset. You're clean. Hey, here's the thing. I'm cleansed by Jesus and I'm so excited that He's forgiven all my sin. I trust Him and I'm living in light of this reality that I'm forgiven. I have no more guilt and shame because He's taken it all away and I'm clean and wrapped in His righteousness. And then the next step for me is I think, so are you. But you come up and you got dirty feet. There's sin in your life. Guess what? The struggle I'm going to have is to continue to to, to, to come and say, you know what? You're clean. Tell them they're clean. Help them they're clean. Wash their feet. Tell them, you know, that stuff doesn't even matter. It's not your cleanliness. And you know the hardest thing is to let someone in to do that. And this new new family we're in is that we start to do it. not Not because it's the way to heaven, but because I'm living in the shadow of the tree. It affects everything about me. This mindset you don't need a bath, you don't need further cleanup, you can humbly consider everyone equal to you, you can humbly consider yourself in the same boat as them, just like your teacher who got off off of his throne and came and kneeled down and did the lowly thing he 's not talking to everybody i 'm not speaking to all of you, Jesus says, I know whom i've cho- chosen back in luke thir- I mean in John thirteen chapter verse eighteen, the scripture will be fulfilled he whose my bread is lifted. He who has ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I'm telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. So so this whole thing is, you know what? I'm telling you, I'm going to be betrayed. The big event is me on the cross. Don't think status. Think if you receive me. And everyone who receives Christ is clean. And, and then you can have fun by, by, by playing that out in your life. You're free. You're free to go tell that to someone on the street. You're to, to, to live life in, in this amazing freedom that you're free from guilt and shame. But you're also going into people's lives and their sin isn't bugging you because, because you can help them and give them absolution and tell them again about Jesus and remind them that their shame and guilt isn't there. And you can be receiving gifts of love from each other without doing what our tendency is to do, which is to say, no, no, I'll receive it, but I'm going to pay it back more. Because I don't like getting gifted. I just want to be the one who gives. Trouble is, the biggest thing I've ever had has been given to me. It's Jesus on the cross. So Jesus ends, ends this way. Sorry, I'm buzzing. Truly, truly, I say to you, this focus is in when he says verily, this big statement, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me. Whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. He ends with that. When he says verily, he wants you to listen. So the preacher comes in and proclaims you're clean. You don't want to receive it. Come, give me the word of how I can clean myself. Give words of exhortation to improve my behavior, to make me acceptable before God. And the answer is no, you just receive the truth. You don't want to. You, you want to make salvation a tool of your own choice, and instead it's a gift of Jesus. If you won't be bathed by his blood, you're not clean. Simply trusting that he did it and it worked. And Jesus says, if you don't do that, then you have no place in me. If you receive this, you receive Jesus. And if you receive Jesus, you receive the Father. That's what he's saying. And his love is on you forevermore. So welcome, cleansed one, for whom Jesus has done it all. That's the point today. That Jesus came not to serve, be served, but to serve. And to give his life a ransom for many. That is not what you do. We wash feet. We recognize people are already clean. And that means we can get dirty. But we know it's not a duty, it's a joy. Because one of the most fun things ever to see a fellow family member with dirty feet drop their shame, drop their guilt, drop their not wanting you into their life. Because they realize they're living in light of the tree. Jesus Christ shed his blood for them. And we are forgiven. That's our Savior. Let's pray.